Shall we dig right in? Let's dig right in. This is the We Create Podcast. We Create is all about creating a life filled with passion and a quest for purpose and happiness. These episodes are filled with stories of fellow creatives and we are super excited to give you a glimpse into their lives. Today we'll be chatting to Claire Keat, entrepreneur, creative and the owner of the beautiful yoga lifestyle brand Sentience. So welcome to the We Create podcast. Thank you very much for having me. What an honor. Do you want to give us a bit of history? Tell sure. us a bit about Claire. Um, Claire's been living in Cape Town for about four years now. And before that was living in Korea for four years. I think it's better if I start from now and work backwards because it, yeah, the chronology is harder to remember back to fr- or front to back. Um, yeah, and I lived in Korea for four years, and before that, I worked in my f- actual field, my studied field for a year, and before that, I studied at Rhodes, I did a Bachelor of Journalism degree, specializing in communication design, and before that, it was school, and yeah, and most of my school life was in East London, beautiful little town on the Eastern Cape coastline. So, you say you studied at Rhodes, what did you yeah. study? I did a four-year Bachelor of Journalism degree and I specialized in communication design which is essentially a focused graphic design course um, but very much from the point of view of communication and journalism so not just creating beautiful graphics for the sake of creating beautiful graphics but really considering their role in communication and messaging. And it was a very interesting degree. I didn't know that that's what I would end up studying. And um, in hindsight, given my entrepreneurial tendencies, I might have studied a business course or perhaps forfeited university altogether and just jumped straight into some sort of wild business journey. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't and I ended up doing journalism and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you think that it's important to study in your field? No, not in the field that I'm in now. I I don't think that one can ever regret studying or learning um, because I think that everything that you learn in life and in your journey and in your, you know, in your education points, be they high school or tertiary, all help to mould and shape your experiences and your knowledge base. And even though my natural inclination has been towards running a sort of morphing business, um, and, and business and entrepreneurship is what gets me really excited. I don't think I'd be able to do what I do without having done journalism, even though I'm definitely in no way, shape or form a pure journalist, you know? I think we sort of touched on it, but have you always known that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? So quite an interesting thing happened recently. So at the start of the year, my folks um, finally said to me, listen, there's a last pile of stuff in our house that belongs to you. We want it out of the house now. You're a grown-up woman. Get your stuff out of the house. Just one box. I mean, I think I was doing pretty well, you know, just to have one box. And I went through this box of stuff, and in that was um, a report that a psychologist had done on me when I was in grade, probably about grade 10-ish. And it was one of those aptitude test type of things. And... The weird thing about that aptitude testing was that I was never shown the report or told the result. 
um, it, it was all kept confidential. I was given a very loose sort of guide and a guideline and told that I get bored really quickly and that I need to find a career in which I'm constantly doing new things and experiencing new challenges. So when I looked through the boxes now at the start of the year, I, for the first time, read this report in its entirety. And the word that constantly came up was entrepreneur, 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 no. entrepreneur. Yeah, it was, it was, un, sorry, it was unbelievable. And, you know, I chatted to my folks about why, why that wouldn't have been told to me at that age. And I think it's quite a, it's quite a frightening word. If you, if you're told that you have yeah. tendencies to be an entrepreneur, what does that mean? I mean, entrepreneurial, uh, I guess, business ownership can happen across any industry and, I think it was quite a good thing for me to just go to varsity and study something and then ultimately use that to uh, as a tool in, in my business pursuits. Yeah, I, so I, I guess can, you, you're absolutely right. If somebody, and I'm speaking for myself, but if somebody had told me, Debbie, you have to do this, I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> exactly. And what do you know when you are 16 years of age, what entrepreneurship means or yeah. you know you you have to explore and then let let yeah I'd, I don't know I think in hindsight it was a wise decision so I didn't know that I would be a business owner but it appears from that psychological report that it was always sort of somewhere in me even though I didn't know that it was great report <laughs> yeah Let's chat a little bit about your businesses um, or business. Shall we chat about Boris Henry? Sure. Jenkins, yeah. I'll... Um, Yogi Emporium. Absolutely. Yeah. There've been a been a few. So when I lived in Korea, I was teaching English there, and the school hours were not incredibly demanding, but we had to be at our desks. So we had to be there for eight hours out of the day, but only had to walk work for four. So those other four hours every day from Monday to Friday were free hours for me. And, you know, as the old psychological report showed, I'm entrepreneurial, I get bored very quickly. And so it just wasn't enough to be sitting watching YouTube. So I started Boris Henry at that time of my life. And it was really fun because there was no pressure to generate money and for it to be a hyper-commercial endeavor. It was just a fun, really explorative, creative thing. And so Boris Henry began, and I was in partnership with an, a varsity peer of mine who was living in Australia at the time. And we were doing sort of ad hoc branding projects, and we just had an absolute ball. So that's where Boris Henry began. And then when I moved back to Cape, uh, moved back to South Africa and stopped the teaching in Korea, I knew that I wanted Boris Henry to be my pursuit. And uh, so I'd been running that for six months. In Cape Town, when um, the opportunity to start Sentience began, um, my partner for Sentience came over for a very casual supper and said, you know, she'd observed that yoga was becoming a thing in South Africa and was I interested in diving into this business with her? And I said, absolutely. And we started the next week. I mean, it was, it was quite a wild adventure. So from that point, I stopped marketing Boris Henry, which was already starting to grow, you know, to gather traction. I had some really lovely clients, but 
But yeah, I jumped straight into sentience. I'd always known that I wanted to do some sort of really hands-on business, for want of a better word, a business degree, but a practical business degree. So not going back to university, but rather getting my hands really dirty, starting a business and learning the hard way, which I certainly did and have continued to do. So Sentience, um, I've been running for four years now. Boris Henry has kept sort of snowballing word of mouth, so that never really stopped. And then, um, yeah, Yogi Emporium was a bit of an exploration of, of an aspect of Sentience that I was hoping to that would take off, which was custom printed mats for the large international retail market. But that didn't work out as I anticipated that it would. So now we're back to Sentience and a bit of Boris Henry and a focused branding agency geared specifically towards the yoga industry, which is Yoga Design Co. And that's a really good marriage of Boris Henry and Sentience. Maybe for people who don't know what sentience does. Yeah, sorry, I've forgotten. Sorry about that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm making terrible assumptions here. Sentience is a yoga and lifestyle brand, and it sells a range of yoga mats, um, specific and, you know, tailored to specific types of yoga and activity, and it sells lifestyle towels. And they're all printed with fairly elaborate designs. and They're really beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you. You design all those yeah. prints? Um, I have worked with one designer um, who contributed about 15 designs, but that's definitely an area that I am very passionate about. So I tend to just do them myself. And I, I absolutely love doing the designs. All right, so you've managed to build a really beautiful lifestyle brand. Do you, you. want to tell us a little bit about what goes into doing that? Yeah, it's, it's, a lot goes into doing that. A lot, of, a lot of hard work and a lot of mistakes along the way that, um, you know, that I've made and continue to make and that you learn from and adjust and change tact. An example would be when we started Sentience, um, we worked with models who were doing yoga on yoga mats and we dressed them up really beautifully in these outrageous bohemian outfits and you know beautiful makeup and so on and over time I learned that that was not in fact part of yoga lifestyle. Yoga lifestyle is about real people with no makeup necessarily doing yoga on yoga mats you know and and uh I then changed the approach to always working with yogis and yoga teachers who were dressed in really casual clothing with no makeup on and let them, you know, in our photo shoots, let their practice guide the shoots versus us dictating to them. You know, so so just learning little things along the way about what yoga lifestyle is is more about. Um, yeah. How did you come up with the name? Sentience means, it's a Latin word, so mistake number one, but the meaning is lovely. It means feeling and perceiving with the senses. And the idea that we had with our product was to take this blank canvas. I mean, yoga mats are just, you can't help but look at them and go, there should be something beautiful on there. They are plain canvases. And 
we wanted our artworks to be an additional sensory experience in the experience of yoga or exercise. Um, so the name felt like it fit. And it's yes, beautiful. Thank you very much. It's had lots of different pronunciations, which is understandable, ranging from sentence to sentience. And oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's our fault absolutely and entirely. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it feels like it fits the brand and certainly the meaning behind that word. So where do you find inspiration? That's actually quite a hard one to answer um, because they, the, the inspiration kind of comes from different places and manifests in different ways. I'll give you one example. My favorite mat that I ever designed was the Supernova mat and it was the wildest design I've ever come up with it took seven days of solid solid designing (laughs) and i was living off turquoise coffee my boyfriend andrew had found a bottle of blue food coloring in the cupboard and was making me bright turquoise coffee and it's ridiculous and i was listening to ken ishii's boiler room ken ishii's a japanese trance dj so i was drinking blue coffee listening to japanese trance and out came the supernova mat and you know so that's where that was born from and other mats have much more tame stories like for example i did a range of mandala mats and i actually bought some beautiful mandala stock um vectors online and then designed around those and i was probably listening to vivaldi or something very soothing at the time so yeah my my creative inspiration comes i think it's all lurking under the surface and it just takes a bit of discipline and focus to tap into and then yeah I don't don't really struggle too much with finding creative inspiration it sounds like a lot of it's related to music I think so I mean I, I always design with music in my ears I don't think that there's a direct correlation necessarily I don't think you'd be able to look at one of my mats and go, oh, yes, she was definitely listening to Django, Django, and, you know, at that yeah. time. But I always do do creative things with music. Yeah, good point, in fact. If you could choose a song to be the soundtrack to Claire's life, Claire's life currently, like, is oh, there wow. something? Yeah, I'm listening to quite a lot of La- Laura Mvula. She does the most incredible music and then a constant in my in my you know in my playlist is Django Django it's quite wild music you'll have to link out to it as well I don't even know what genre it is it's very strange (laughs) (laughs) and a good healthy dose of hip-hop also in the mix yeah. Right. Old old hip hop like Cypress Hill, House of Pain. Oh, <laughs> I would never. Have That's my jam. That. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> so, what are you currently working on? I'm currently working on, um, well, sort of maintenance stuff at the moment. I haven't got any new ranges coming in. I've got stock of all of my products. So I'm not, you know, I'm not in the throes of creating another line or designing new mats or anything like that so I'm in a bit of a creative doldrums at the moment um my day-to-day tasks are you know sort of standard things marketing efforts and business administration um you know and just running the business 
Um, yeah, there's nothing exceptionally creative going on in the House of Sentience at the moment. So how do you make the hard business choices? Well, there are a couple of things. I think I'm, I'm really, I always ask for advice and I'm really privileged to have a dad, well, parents, but especially dad who's always been around to offer really good, wise, impartial, rational advice. Because I think a lot of big, scary business challenges evoke such major emotional responses that it's great to be able to pick up the phone, explain a situation to someone and for them to just work through the emotion and explain the clear, rational way forward. So I think asking for advice from, you know, from trusted peers, from trusted mentors is very, very important when facing big business challenges. Um, I've always tried to separate the emotional stuff from the rational black and white stuff when it comes to decision making, because especially when you feel passionately about what you do, there are always emotions involved and they can often cloud rational, clear, focused decision-making, um, which you just do not need when it comes to making big decisions. Um, and emotions are important, um, you know, and gut instincts and feelings are important, but as so are the, the very, very clear and, uh, you know, rational aspects of decision-making. So, yeah, when it comes to big challenges, I always try to observe and respect and feel the emotions but also then go right let's put that aside and let's focus on the black and white in this particular situation and make a rational decision um it's yeah. actually thinking about it now like the creative side of it is quite an emotional process Absolutely. like and to to be able to do that very emotional designing creative mm -hmm side of it but then also the very rational business side of yeah. it it's pretty incredible that you're able to balance both oh, look it doesn't come easy I mean you know the work especially as I said when you're passionate about it and when you are doing something creative there is a lot of emotion involved and when you own a business there's a lot of fear involved and a lot of questioning yourself and a lot of there is emotion involved um you know, but at the end of the day, when you're running a business, there's a very clear commercial incentive that your business is trying to achieve or, or reach and emotion plays a role in that, but you also cannot let it overshadow you or else I would never get out of bed in the morning. I'd be too scared to, you know, or yeah. Well, that, I think that brings me to the next question is what do you perceive success to be? So when I was living in Korea and had started to do Boris Henry and, you know, was becoming increasingly more aware that I was feeling really excited about doing something entrepreneurial and I became fairly hell-bent on returning to South Africa with my own business and, and not seeking formal employment, I wrote a list of reasons why I wanted to make it work and it at the time was Boris Henry, but it now is, is self-employment. And, you know, it was actually quite a long list. I found it the other day and I was pretty chuffed that like 23 year old me had banged it out. But, you know, obviously when you run a business, the commercial side of it is important and making money is important, but much, much greater than that for me. And the, the real values that guide 
and motivate me to run my business are things like being able to be self-sufficient, being able to stand on my own two feet by my own efforts, being able to get up every day and do something and pursue something that really excites me, that really challenges me, having the freedom and the flexibility to to be agile with the business, to change as my interests develop and to explore new directions with it. That that's makes it all worthwhile for me. And having a bit of flexibility, you know, I will I flew home last week for a week and I was able to work from Kids Beach for a few hours a day without having to go into an office from nine to five. And you know, so that that lifestyle um has appealed to me and has been my motivator for for many many years and uh yeah that i guess is what drives me to run my business um what has been your best investment that's a really hard question because i think my answer is quite odd um given the question but i think that the thing that i've valued most and that i've got the most out of uh, like consistently is moving my work from home to an office, finding an office, taking out a lease and paying that monthly rental and working away from home. I think that that has been my most liberating and most important. I mean, there've been a lot of, you know, there've been a lot of books that I've read that have been a cost to time and of course a cost, a little cost to the bank balance. Um, And there've been a few courses that I've done and they've been, you know, I've taken on staff members. I've, there've been things that I've done that have sort of short-term repercussions. But I think if I look at the course of, of sentience and whatever I've done in my business efforts, I think that moving out of home into a dedicated office space has been one of the most valuable things that I've done. Working from home is wonderful and it's, it's a nice thing to do when you want to. But I think it's really hard when you're passionate about what you do to switch off your computer and delineate between work and personal. And when I stopped working from home and when I had my work behind an office door in a shared workspace in town, I started to come alive again. You know, I was able to invest properly in friendships again. I was able to pursue hobbies that I hadn't looked at for donkey's years. And I think it was, yeah, that, that, that was a really important decision that impacted both the business and me as an individual behind the business. What hobbies and interests do you have outside? Uh, well, I mean, until fairly recently, not a hell of a lot. I mean, I was very consumed with my work, which is great because I love my work, um, especially when it comes to the more creative aspects of what I do. Um, I play the piano. I have played the piano for many, many years, and I play the piano by ear, which is, uh, yeah, my grandpa played the piano by ear, and I think, in a way, it's sort of a gift that he passed down, and, um, you know, I let that by the wayside for far too long, and then very spontaneously decided to buy myself a piano, an electric piano. It's actually fantastic, and uh, yeah, I've started playing jazz piano again, and I absolutely adore it. And not so long again, I started an art project at home, 
I'm actually an appalling artist when it comes to traditional mediums like paint and pencil work. Like I'm really bad. But I bought a whole bunch of felt and I've been making a felt collage. Um, and then true to my creative process, I actually went home the other day and just tore the whole thing apart. <laughs> yeah, and I, I now know exactly what I want to do. So I did this long sort of exploratory thing with my felt project, walked in, decided that I absolutely hated it, and I'm starting again. But that, that funnily enough, that links quite closely with my creative process, which is ad hoc to say the least, is that I start something and then sort of pursue it and then eventually get to a point where I hate it but I, I know which kernel of you know what to sort of take and and run with um yeah so that's been really fun I have a busy social life I watch a lot of documentaries on quite interesting sort of underbelly subjects um uh, and that's an interest that I share with my partner Andrew um I read a bit not as much as I should I exercise, I like to be outside. Yeah, I would say those are my core sort of day-to-day interests. Do you have any recommendations for us, be it a documentary, a book? Absolutely. So, funnily enough, we had, a, we had one of my partner's friends stay with us, and he said his favourite question to ask people is which book had the most impact on them and which book do they recommend the most so I'll give you that answer um many years ago I traveled to India and Nepal and just before I left my boyfriend loaded a book very it's actually an essay it's a short essay called lying by Sam Harris onto my kindle and I wasn't I mean it wasn't sort of a, a passive <laughs> or a subtle message to me to stop lying it was just this really interesting essay, a quick read, a 45-minute read, about why it is never acceptable to lie under absolutely no circumstances. And this writer, Sam Harris, who's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, an accomplished academic, um, he, what he wrote has had such an impact on me, not that I was in the habit of pathological lying, but it, it, it's something that I reread every six or so months wow. and have recommended it to countless people. Um, yeah, and it, it underpins my value system not to lie and to try and be as truthful in communication as humanly possible. And of course, he goes into, you know, the reasons why lying is so detrimental and how it can destroy, you know, friendships to communities, to, you know, governmental organizations. It's fascinating so I would recommend lying by Sam Harris to anyone and everyone I would also recommend the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss Um, that is a guidebook on how to work really efficiently cleverly smartly instead of and, and productively instead of being busy so he speaks about the difference between between being busy and productive and saying that anyone can appear to be busy you know We've all been there, 45 tabs open on a computer, mindless tapping away on a keyboard, and there's a very real difference between drizzling away hours, pretending to be busy, versus condensing important tasks into 45 minutes and being productive. So yeah, that's another book I would recommend. Great, thanks. I look forward to reading both. They're excellent. Um, 
If you could choose one of the following superpowers, what would you choose? Super strength or reading minds? I think I would choose super strength. Yeah, I think that would carry me into my old age much better than knowing all the dreadful things that are going on in other people's minds. Frankly, I actually just don't even want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Flight or invisibility? Flight, yeah. I think the same sort of thing. I think if you were invisible, you'd be tempted to observe and meddle around in things that you just really shouldn't be doing. So I think I would choose flight. Um, Yeah, which would really inspire a hell of a lot more travel because no air fees and also well if you were invisible you could get onto any airplane true but if you could fly you could just i'm assuming that it's supersonic flight like speed of light flight so yeah my choice remains flat good i will find somebody that says invisibility has that not been an answer no one interesting interesting If you had to choose between burger or pizza? Oh, that's, a, that's very hard for me. Is there such a thing as a burger pizza? Uh, you get a burger pie. A burger pie. <laughs> or a calzone. Wouldn't a calzone be yes, I think sort of like right. a bur- burger pizza? If I had a gun to my head, I might sway for pizza. But I'm really not too comfortable saying that too loudly. <laughs> Uh, beer or wine? Wine. Do you have any hidden talents or skills? I do, in fact. I, I'm a belly dancer. What? No, when I say I am, that's actually not true. I was a belly dancer and I actually made quite a bit of money off, off that trade. What? When I worked um, in East London after university, I went to a Moroccan sort of... Yeah, I guess it was a Moroccan restaurant for dinner. My welcoming dinner, in fact, into the company I was working for. And at the end of the meal, the lights dimmed and out came these very beautiful belly dancers and they were shimmying around and doing their thing. And I was so beguiled by it that I went up to the, the, the lead belly dancer at the end and I said, I need to learn how to do this. Where can I learn? And she said, well, wouldn't, like, wouldn't you like have it? I am a belly dancing teacher. So I immediately enrolled and I started belly dancing. And for whatever reason, obviously there was something up in my lineage, you know, my genetic heritage. I'm actually quite good, quite a competent belly dancer. So I was very soon then dancing with with the girls at various events and business functions and so on. Yeah, so that's my little hidden talent. I'm not very good anymore. It's actually very hard. And you get very belly dancing fit and very belly dancing unfit if you don't do it. So there you go. That's quite cool. <laughs> the dogs like it too. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. Um, thank you very much for having me. How can people get hold of you? If they would like any sort of yoga gear, they can go to sentience.co.za. Not sentence, but sentience, S-E-N-T-I-E and yeah and then if anyone needs yoga related branding or marketing they can go to yogadesign.co perfect thank you very much thank you very much for having me such a pleasure